Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got my good pal Ryan Lavoy, and we've got a lot to accomplish here on Sports Call. We'll have our birthdays in sports and a nightly TV guide. We will chat with Brandon Marcello from 7 Sports, and then we will also catch up with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Looking forward to talking to him as it's been a busy 48 hours in the life of Auburn Athletics. Brian Harson has been fired as the Tigers head football coach. Steve Cohen has been named the... Uh, Steve Cohen. John John Cohen has been named the athletic director. The owner of the Mets? John Cohen has been named what the athletic get. director for uh, the uh, Auburn Tigers. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Steve Cohen spends money, man. Yeah. I, I would, you know, we, we need. I feel fa- good about the collective. We need facility upgrades. We need money in the collective, like you're saying. And, and yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty <laughs> awesome. But John Cohen, Ryan, is the athletic director for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, we continue to move forward to Auburn basketball season as they've got an exhibition game tomorrow. Women's basketball with an exhibition game on Thursday. The season starts next week. Auburn football takes on uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs on Saturday. The NFL season moves along as the uh, trade deadline just expired moments ago. So tons to get into in the wide world of sports. I hope you're doing well, Ryan Lavoy. And uh, yeah, you look at the calendar and all of a sudden, November is here. November 2022 is now upon us. Hello, sir. Hello, JJ. It is uh, good to be moving along into a new a new month, and maybe this month we'll see a new head football coach for Auburn. Now, granted, you got to play out the whole season, so it could very well come in the first weeks of December, but uh, that's obviously the big story that everyone wants to talk about. We have talked about it throughout this year, really ever since if not the Penn State game, certainly just a few weeks thereafter about the writing on the wall for this program. And we've kind of already been discussing for weeks now what it would what the timing would look would look like, what the interim situation might look like, which we were very wrong on, by the way. And uh, then just we'll be talking now really hard about these names. And I think everyone kind of has someone, that they like, I I'm kind of interested to hear of guys that people don't want, you know, because I feel like everyone would be okay with the top two or three names that are, are being mentioned, but you know, when it when it comes to Kiffin and, and Deion Sanders and all that, but we'll get we'll get into that more, but certainly, um, you know, getting into this month and knowing that there's still a quarter of a football season left is, and not have a football coach. I mean, I, I'm trying to think, you know. When's the last time Auburn fired someone during the season? 
Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know if I was, I don't think I was alive for it right. when it, when it last happened, because obviously Malzahn and, and Chiswick and Tuberville were fired after the completion of the regular season. And, uh, and I don't remember about Terry Bowden, but you know, it, it is, it's been a really rough season for Auburn football. And I think everyone is going to be really excited just to move on to what's next and move on to the next guy, whoever that may be. But uh, overall, JJ doing well and excited to talk to you about all these different scenarios, all these different candidates. And yeah, the new AD, not Steve, but uh, John, John Cohen, Cohen yes. uh, out of Mississippi State and, and that being a big hire too. So a lot to talk about for sure. All right. So we take a look at um, the next head football coach for the Auburn Tigers. And when you want to figure out who that could be, oftentimes uh, Las Vegas is the direction that so many people turn. Also, we'd like to hear what our callers think about this topic. We had so many phone calls yesterday and are hoping for more here today on the program. But you take a look at Las Vegas and Bet Online has odds about the next Auburn football head coach and Hugh Freeze, a pretty distant favorite to be the next head football coach, uh, followed by Lane Kiffin, then Deion Sanders, Jeff Grimes, and Mike Leach, and then tied for what would be fifth, a collection of Kevin Steele, Mark Stoops, and Matt Rule. All there in the mix as well. So Hugh Freeze right now is the betting favorite. Odds at two to one uh, that Hugh Freeze becomes the next head football coach for the Auburn Tigers. Again, I think it's way too early for a lot of this. Uh, I think we're still weeks away at this point from knowing who it would be. But um, Las Vegas is pretty good at what they do. They've got sources. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to a lot of the best, including somebody like Brandon Marcello here in hour number one of the show today. I feel like we could have a whole show of just taking each guy at their odds and saying if they're placed correctly, the pros <laughs> and cons to each guy being higher, what you like and don't like about them. Obviously, that's you know not the, the, the betting market, not caring for Hugh Freeze signing a recent extension just a, a week or two ago at Liberty. That was pretty large. Obviously, an SEC school like Auburn can still offer way more, but um, – you know that that obviously not playing a factor in their minds and those top three names are i think the names we have heard the most about and we've heard considered the most and you know i i think that 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 last time was such a different experience because you really had a situation where alan green was in kind of the the end phases of his athletic director title i mean when you when ultimately at that time you didn't know that he'd only be here another year and a half or so but i think ultimately it was one of what maybe the last big move he had to make was was that and he didn't have to make too many big moves while at auburn and so there was this chasm between the boosters and everyone involved with that coaching search and that's why brian harson's name came out of left field and that ended up being the hire because I think everyone was more focused on maybe what the boosters or board wanted, uh, which originally was Kevin Steele, as we all know, and then kind of just progressed on what their line of thinking was, and, and Alan Green went way against the grain. I don't think that thing will happen this time, so I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that the 
people on the board there, people on the odds board, are going to be the people contacted, and, and someone out of that hat is going to end up getting this job. Right. I do not expect the left field hire unless it is a huge name that Auburn is working in secret to try and, and lure in that, that just is on no one's radar. But I, I don't think that will happen. So yeah, I think those are realistically the, the guys there, um, and everyone has their preferences, as I've said. If you're asking me, my, my strong preference is Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I think that his offense is what you're seeing be incredibly successful in college football. I love the fact that he turned over a Matt Corral, Snoop Connor, Jerry and Ely, Henry Parrish combo in the backfield, turned it over in the Jackson Dart, Zach Evans, obviously what Quinshawn Judkins has done this year. And that that team looks just as good as last year's team. I love that. I know they have problems defensively, but that's, a, again, a one-loss team that only lost in the regular season last year to the state of Alabama. And this year is pro- is probably headed for 10-2, and two, assuming they can't beat Alabama, assuming they can take care of Mississippi State at the end of the season. And back-to-back 10-win potential New Year's Six appearances for Ole Miss I think is great proof of Lane Kiffin's system what he's learned as a head coach, how he's matured. He is not an A-plus recruiter of the high school variety, but he is an excellent transfer portal guy. So I think if you're wanting for a a shot of life immediately, not saying all problems will be fixed because there's too many problems to fix in just one year, but if you're wanting for a a, a jolt of energy next year, he might be able to get the portal going very quickly for Auburn as Auburn slowly tries to rebuild its 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 image and get the collective continually going in the high school ranks. And so Kiffin is the guy that I see should be the next head coach at Auburn. That is my clear number one. I won't go 18 more minutes to tell you about all the other guys, but you know he's second on those odds right there. Uh, I know people have – I th- I, of, of those three guys, surprisingly, you thought Dion might be most polarizing, but I think Hugh Freeze is the most polarizing guy on there. I think some people really don't like him around here, but some people do appreciate his offense as well and think he's a good hire. But I think Kiffin, I can't believe I'm saying this, you'd asked anyone five years ago, ten years ago, the least polarizing name of those top three or four candidates <laughs> is Lane Kiffin. And uh, that is who I'd like to see as the next head coach at Auburn. Yeah, we were in that boat, as you said, after the Gus Malzahn. I I continue to be in that situation as well. Uh, Of those three, Kiffin, Sanders, Freeze, kind of ranked in that order for me uh, as we move forward with Auburn football. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Give us a call to join the show at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at one 888 9 auburn Bank. Is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. Let's take some of your phone calls and discuss Auburn football and more right after this. Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
like to welcome you back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm JJ Jackson alongside Ryan LaVoy. Set to join us here in 15 minutes, our good pal Brandon Marcello, the college football insider for 247 Sports, will be on our Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn has hi- fired, excuse me, Brian Harson. Brian Harson is no longer the head football coach for the Auburn Tigers. Carnell Cadillac Williams, the interim man for the final four games of the season here for Auburn, and uh, then we'll see what's next for this Tigers football program. Who do you want to be the next head football coach for Auburn? What do you think of the move? And whatever else you want to talk about going on in the wide world of sports. Let's go to our phone lines for the first time during today's show. And joining us here on the program, we've got... Die Hard Die. Die Hard Die is with us here on Sports Call. Hello, my friend. War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Hey, we got to be family during the good and the bad, huh? Amen. Amen, amen. So, again, you know uh, I wasn't a big Harson fan, and I'm glad we pulled this off. I I, I gave him a shot in the beginning, I mean, just to be a true Owen person, but glad he's gone. He he caused a lot of people to leave, a lot of good people. I like Derek Mason. I loved Bo. Um, Bo's doing amazing things at a different university, which I'm happy for him, but it breaks my heart as an Auburn fan. Um, seems like a lot of people that left are, are doing really good, and we could have used them. Now, I'm, I'm a big Dion fan, and I know, I know the likelihood to get him is, is small, and even if, even if we would ask him to come, I don't think he's done doing what he's doing down there. Um, but Lane Kiffin, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's doing that great there. And, uh, you know, he's not a loyal person. And if he's, doing, if he's doing for us what he's doing for them, we'd want him fired. And if he was doing amazing and going to, you know, national championships, which he won't. But if he was, he would go somewhere else. That's his identity. What is that, MO? Um, that's what he's done in the past. And it just scares me to, to talk him because I mean, he's not really even that nice of a person. He's a an offensive genius, but he's... Have you guys ever met him? Never met him. No, I've, I've never met Lane Kiffin. I, I have. And again, just, just, you know, in passing and having a dinner by him. But um, the guy is a, a jerk. <laughs> you know? But that's just my opinion. Uh, as a peasant, you know, maybe he treats the others better. But, sure. Um, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, it's good to get out there. Um, just more of your thoughts on what... I guess what's most important is what this AD, what, what kind of personality. Now, he, is he the one that brought in um, the crazy coach from Mississippi State? Yes, he hired Joe Moorhead first. That did not work after two seasons. Then he also hired Mike Leach Mike uh, that Leach came in awesome. from Washington I mean, State. Yeah, A great, you know, I, I, at least I can watch him on YouTube over and over. You know, <laughs> With everything but, he says, yeah. But, but I'm hoping he thinks outside the box. But, again, uh, love what you guys are doing and, and keep it up. And, uh Make sure you guys read so I can get the the cheat notes from you guys. Always, always. All Thanks right. for the call today. Good to hear from you. That's Die Hard Die joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. Yeah, you talk about all these candidates for Auburn football. Uh, it is totally fair to say that throughout his life, throughout his coaching career, Lane Kiffin has been one of the absolute more polarizing coaches that the sport has seen 
But uh, we will counter and say that Lane Kiffin's done really impressive things at Ole Miss over the last few seasons. They've been incredibly competitive, uh, and that program is now becoming nationally relevant when it comes to uh, New Year's Six games at the end of the year and, and, and just being a talking point in the sport, uh, where at times in the past, you think of somebody like Matt Luke at Ole Miss. Yeah. There's nothing really fun about that The at failed all. Houston nut experiment there, and I, I – I disagree with Die Hard Die. He, Kiffin would not be fired at Auburn for what he's doing at Ole Miss currently. I don't. I guess he's not aware that that Ole Miss was a top ten team in the country last year, went to a New Year's Six Bowl, and is right now eight and one and number eleven in the country. So Auburn would obviously love to have that, and I think people lose the context or are missing the context of what about is is what about to happen in college football, and it's very important. Once this playoff expands. And once it's a 12-team playoff, that bar is going to shift. You can now that everyone, everyone already is so obsessed with making the playoff and winning a championship, and it it started to maybe raise the bar for what's acceptable for programs. Um, but once that bar gets inherently lowered by being a 12-team t- a playoff, and all of a sudden multiple teams from multiple leagues are getting in it allows the access and i just don't see a time where a program is not going to be happy with constantly making the playoff unless it is someone that makes the playoff like alabama or like ohio state that gets one and done every single time that always loses in the first round never advances kind of like the notre dame of the last decade although notre dame was still very pleased overall with brian kelly you know Notre Dame never won any of these big bowl games big playoff games it seemed and so when you're talking about now someone says well you went 10 and 2 and you finished 10th in the country and you you either made the back end of the new year six or maybe because of the bowl slots you were in the capital one bowl or you know whatever one of the premier non-new year six bowls is and you don't look at that as a good season right now. You look at that as some, some not a failure, but not a success. You didn't achieve enough. Well, in the future, number ten's in playoff, and I can't, I, I just can't fathom people saying that's not a successful season if you're not in the playoff. The, the way you think about a successful season, the way you think about college football, will fundamentally change once there is more access to this college football playoff and once you're playing for a championship when still 100-plus schools, 115, 120 schools will not be playing for a championship at the end of the season. So I think it's important to remember it's not about, although the goal is certainly to win the conference or certainly to win all of your games, that will, not, that will no longer dictate if it's a successful season or not, there will be other ways to achieve that success by finishing in that top 12. So you're probably targeting a 10 and two season and then try and advance through the playoff. And so, you know, I think that will be a whole new barometer for how things are succeeded. And so I'm just saying, putting that back to what Lane Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss, you're talking about an SEC school that's below Auburn and the annals of college football history and, and, not pretty, you know, pretty decisively. I mean, they're above their counterparts in Mississippi at Mississippi State and Starkville, but they're still one of the lower four or five SEC schools historically. And Ole Miss would be in that playoff last year, and as of now, they'd be in that playoff this year. 
if it were a 12-team model, which it will be in just a few years. So I guess my point is is that what Kiffin is doing may not feel incredibly nationally relevant right now, but you transfer that over to two or three years from now, and that's absolutely nationally relevant because it's playoff-worthy. And that's going to change. It's not just in the SEC. That's going to change at a lot of places. All of a sudden, Michigan does not have to beat Ohio State like it did last year. If Michigan is... 10 and 1 or 11 and 0 and they lose to Ohio State. They are still in the playoff and the Pac-12 is not shut out uh, of a playoff bid and and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think Kiffin has the high ceiling potential to be even better than 10 and 2. I'm not saying he simply will just be 10 and 2 and everyone will be okay with and everything everything will be fine and dandy, but I do think Kiffin has that boom potential because again, if he's able to do that at Ole Miss, in short time, with a collective that he's not happy about NIL-wise, with with a recruiting uh, standpoint of Ole Miss being behind other SEC schools, if he's able to do that there, I absolutely believe he can even exceed that here or at some or some other big school. So I think that's kind of what I'm going on to. And again, last point I'll make for Kiffin, and I'm sure it won't be the last overall, but his style of offense is what is trending still in a good direction for college football offenses. I mean, you talk about the up-tempo nature of it. Well, what is Tennessee doing? Tennessee's running a million plays a second, it feels like. They're going so up-tempo. They're throwing more than Ole Miss is this year, but remember Ole Miss threw more last year. And I, I like that when I see Kiffin's offense. It's based on speed, but he's willing to throw it more or run it more depending on his personnel. Last year he had Matt Corral. That was obviously a very good college quarterback, so he threw it more last year. This year, they Jackson Dart's okay. He's a little, you know, he's fine, but he's not Matt Corral, and so they've run really as well as anybody has in the country this year. And so I like that even within an offense, he can still be versatile enough to say, okay, what we do is we're going to do it fast. So let's figure out year to year if we have a better personnel group for running or for passing. That's the kind of flexibility you want in your offense. And so I've seen that out of Kiffin in these years at Ole Miss, and I think his success speaks to kind of the maturity that he's going through. And then all of that to say with uh, this tonight, looking ahead to this evening, we've got the first uh, college football playoff rankings set to be released a little bit later tonight, which uh, obviously is going to be a good measuring stick for what we've seen so far this season. So uh, really, really excited to see what exactly that looks like for Auburn. Uh, Not for Auburn, because they're not going to be in the college football (laughs) playoff rankings. But where does Georgia shape up? Where does Tennessee shape up? And it's always five and six that kind of get a whole lot of love. But what is that playoff for? And they're going to answer that tonight here on uh, November 1st of 2022 can you believe we're already in november no i mean well yes actually no Um, but yes um it does move quickly but for as painful as auburn season has been um it has moved slowly in that regard because every single week it's been just as much about when auburn's going to make the move what move are they going to make as it is the product on the field i mean we've talked 30 minutes here about coaching scenarios for Auburn and not mention the Arkansas game once from last weekend and what the team on the field was doing. Uh, we haven't even mentioned, at least today, I know you guys did at the end of the last uh, yesterday's show, but Cadillac Williams being the interim because 
we're, we're very caught up in what's going on in the future, as we should be. I know Auburn Auburn's year is trashed this year, you know. So in that sense, it has it has moved kind of slowly. Uh, definitely don't want to wish away a college football season. I talked about this at the beginning of the season. You only get twelve plus one of these things, you know. You don't you don't get a lot, uh, and so it, it is far fewer uh, events that you get to enjoy throughout its season. Talking about football than it is any other any of these other major sports. I mean, ba- there are like 60 baseball games in a year. There is five times as many baseball games. And look, they don't last any shorter. They're three and three and a half hours too. That's a lot of baseball to consume. Basketball, no, they're shorter. Two-hour events, great. You get 35 or 40 of them throughout the course of a year. So I'm definitely not wishing away these football games. Uh, but at the same time, because Auburn's season has been so rough – to me, I don't know. It's it's not flown by, in my opinion. I zoned out for a second because we were just given a statement. We do have breaking news uh, within the Auburn football program. You say breaking news, everybody freaks out. But a big question was, what are the coaching assignments going to be for this Auburn Tigers team moving forward? Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach. Auburn has announced that Will Friend and Ike Hilliard will be co-offensive coordinators, both moving to the press box for their assignments. Auburn will see Kendall Simmons take over the offensive line. Mike Hartline takes over quarterbacks. And Joe Bernardi will take over the tight end group. So what would be the offensive coordinator setup for the Tigers was a big question after Eric Keesaw was also dismissed. And uh, there you have it. It's going to be Will Friend and Ike Hilliard combining on that. All right, what we need to do right now is go to our next commercial break here on the program. And when we when we come back, we're going to chat with Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports, get his full breakdown. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaFoy. Our Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. All right, what we want to do right now on this Tuesday, November 1st, is uh, go to our phone lines and joining us here on the program, our very good friend of the program, Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports, uh, who uh, dressed up as Luigi for Halloween yesterday, and he's kind enough to join us here on the program. Good decision with that, by the way, Brandon. That was a fun picture of you and the family last night. 
Brandon, you with us? We will continue to effort Brandon Marcello there, Ryan. Maybe as, uh, he's talking to Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Well, it's going to be really uh, good to talk to Brandon here in a second because he's obviously done a lot of reporting about this, uh, about this Brian Harson situation. Also, just being in the SEC and, and knowing so many guys in the SEC, he's going to know about John Cohen, too, and who Auburn's getting an athletic director here and – so it would be good to chat with, with, with Brandon about all this because it has been a crazy week for Auburn, as you mentioned, J.J., and I know a lot of people are going to be eager. And also timing of this is going to be important, too, because a reminder, if Auburn wants to hire someone currently employed, I don't know if the currently employed coach is just going to up and leave <laughs> in the middle of November. So this this process is not necessarily going to be uh, done in just uh, a few short days or weeks. Let's try this again. As we go to our Auburn Bank phone line, a good friend of the program, Brandon Marcello, joins us on the show. Brandon, you with us? I'm here. What's up? <laughs> there we go. Uh, doing well. Thanks for the time once again. I was I was just saying, I, I really enjoyed the Luigi look that you had last night for Halloween. I thought the family was able <laughs> to put it all together well, man. Yeah, you do whatever you got to do for the kid. He, he He's obsessed with Mario, and so Daddy said, you know what, let's go as the Mario family. Let's do it. Is it Mario Kart, Mario Party, just Mario everything? Is there a certain phase that we've reached? <laughs> Mario everything. Mario I mean, everything. He, <laughs> he can, I mean, he knows like all fifty versions of it already. It's, it's insane. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's a, a nice break, I would imagine, with all the chaos that we're seeing, uh, in, not only in uh, here in Auburn but across college football. Of course, we've got the first college football playoff rankings set to come out a little bit later. But knowing uh, what's happening here on the plains, the coaching search is, is now upon us. Auburn uh, firing Brian Harson. This was something that you know we spoke with you about a month ago, Brandon, and, and you knew that uh, at that time that uh, this could certainly be a possibility. And now all of a sudden, Auburn made the decision in the middle of the season. Uh, what would you think of the move? Do you see something like this coming officially to be happening in the year? Yeah, I, I was actually – what's kind of surprised me was like, you know what, if they're about to announce their AD, then they're going to wait – until the end of the season and do kind of a, uh, you know, a dog and pony show of we're going to evaluate, he's going to, the new AD is going to evaluate the program for the next month and see where we're at. Well, now instead, President Chris Roberts says, okay, before I introduce the AD, I'm firing the head football coach. And then, by the way, here's a new AD, and he's got a completely clean slate here without having to make any decisions yet. So, and you know, smart on his part. He got ahead of the ball, and now they're able to kind of start that search in earnest to a point where um, they're not having to rush together things there near the end of the season when signing day would be approaching so quickly there uh, in mid-December. I mistakenly referred to the new Auburn athletic director earlier as Steve Cohen, who is the incredibly wealthy owner of the New York Mets, but it is uh, John Cohen who's taking over as the Auburn athletics director. So, Brandon, what can you tell me about John Cohen in this new role? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I used to cover Mississippi State as a beat writer, and he was the uh, baseball coach there at the time. And you guys know baseball is huge there, so it's like right. a daily beat there almost. And um, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in the industry, in the sports industry. Uh, got to hang out with him on a personal basis, but also professionally in his office several times, and just chatting uh, on and off the record. 
uh, incredibly sharp, as I mentioned, but also not afraid to kind of take risks and do things differently, even when it came to coaching his baseball team. I can recall times in games where he was talking about why they did this or why they did that and just went against, like, like your general baseball knowledge, you know, like what will you do in this instance? And you're like, okay, that's the way he does things, and it wins. Um, and, you know, he's someone who uh, kind of always kind of had an eye uh, on being an administrator of some sort. When he was at Mississippi State as the baseball coach, I can remember back in, I think it was 2011, uh, during a coaching search for their next basketball coach, I think to replace Rick Stansberry at the time, uh, he was involved kind of in their like search committee. He was almost like the right-hand man uh, in some of those interview sessions with with Scott Strickland, the AD at the time, and interviewing candidates at the Final Four. And so he's kind of always had his eye on this type of thing, and he finally got his chance in 2016 in replacing Scott Strickland. He's worked under Greg Byrne, who's now at Alabama, He's worked under Strickland. Um, he's been involved in college athletics since he was a teenager when he went to Mississippi State as a baseball player. So he understands it inside and out. And uh, as I said, also incredibly smart. You know, his dad was a law professor, um, very well versed in a lot of things outside of sports. And uh, uh, I, it's going to be, I think Auburn fans are really going to be fascinated getting to learn more about him in the coming weeks. And Brandon, we were looking at some of the betting markets for the, the the betting favorites for the next Auburn head coach, and the top three are no surprise: are Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, and Deion Sanders. Those are names that we've heard, heard linked with Auburn well before Brian Harson was officially fired. But one guy that's risen way up the list, and I, I assume it's due to the association of John Cohen, is Mike Leach, who's up to I think fifth or sixth or something on the betting betting markets. I, I guess my question is: is there any smoke to that fire where? there would be some real interest, or is Leach just kind of too much of an oddball to be truly considered at Auburn? Whew, that, that would be interesting, you know, but he's, his name hasn't been one that I've heard uh, among uh, circles in the industry. Uh, but again, John Cohen's not afraid to make some bold decisions uh, that kind of go against the grain or even kind of what you expect. Uh, but that one would kind of surprise me, especially considering – you know, kind of where Mississippi State is right now uh, with their football program. I think they're kind of at a, you know, a turning point here. It's going to go left or right uh, for Leach, and he could potentially be on the hot seat next season if things go a little bit south near the end of the rest of the season. You know, here's one thing about Leach that would, if he were hired at Auburn, you know, forget all the off-the-field antics and everything like that. One thing that, that would not settle well with, anybody there with fans would be he is terrible in rivalry games and he always has been no matter what school texas tech washington state and mississippi state he's yet to win an egg bowl he struggled at washington state in the apple cup and of course at texas tech he struggled against teams inside the state there from time to time so uh, that's not going to cut it when you go to auburn and you got alabama in the state you got georgia right across the border there um and those are your rivalry games that that would be a tough sell, and uh, I, 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 I don't, that just for that fact to matter, uh, that that would be a hire that I think would get met with a lot of negative reaction. 
And Brandon, we know that Brian Harson is now leaving this program in a, in a worse place than he found it and really failed in multiple areas. So in your opinion, as Auburn looks to this next head coach, what is the most important thing that this next head coach needs to su- succeed at doing while at Auburn? They need to succeed in not being Brian Harson. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to tell you, I mean, pretty much whoever the coach is, uh, I would say they're going to be viewed in such a much better light than Brian Harson ever was, including the day he was hired there at Auburn. Because he's going to be seen as the guy replacing what has been just an absolute two years of horror shows and apathy. Um, I, I Listen, I think Brian Harson is a good coach, but he was a good coach completely coaching on a different planet. Uh, at Auburn. He, he, he does not belong in Auburn. And for that matter, that made him the worst coach in Auburn football history, in my opinion. And that's too bad for him because, again, I think that it tarnishes his name a little bit, and I still think he's a very good coach who will do good things if he gets another head coaching gig uh, elsewhere. But the next coach needs to be just an absolute killer on the recruiting trail and more importantly here for the next two years in the transfer portal. And they got to find a way to immediately boots on the ground, running full speed ahead in lockstep with the NIL initiatives there at Auburn to get that done with the transfer portal. And that's why you're hearing the names you're hearing now. And it's also why I reported yesterday from the sourcing close to, to Cohen's thinking and, and sourcing there at Auburn, that Lane Kiffin, the old Miss coach, is the number one target here very early in the early goings here of the coaching search at Auburn. Well, and Brandon, that leads me to my next question because I did obviously ask about the Mike Leach angle, but being in the state of Mississippi, obviously for Cohen to have been at Mississippi State, it, it would have resonated with him what Ole Miss was doing just up the road a little bit under Lane Kiff in the last couple of years. Uh, and something I, I've read a lot about is how displeased he's been with the collective at Ole Miss. So I guess my question is, you know, some people would worry – that because Ole Miss is in a better situation because of Lane, what Lane Kiffin has done on the field the last couple of years, I guess my question is, is that, is that still not enough? Given that Auburn's tradition is much higher, given that Auburn seems to be in a good place NIL-wise, relatively speaking, would there be any hesitation from Kiffin if he were offered the Auburn job to take it? I think if you're any sitting head coach at a Power 5 program, there would be hesitation because of just what, what are the new challenges there and would I be going somewhere where I could potentially be ending my career in three or four years if things don't work out immediately. There would be that hesitation. But also I think whenever things presented to him, it'll be, oh, those are things that Ole Miss would never be able to offer me. And it's not about salary. He's getting paid seven and a half million dollars now, and if Auburn came calling, it'd probably be about ten million. Um, what it's going to be is fan base is larger. I don't. I'm not going to be complaining at 11 a.m. when we're a top ten team about attendance. Uh, I'm not going to be complaining about losing my defensive coordinator because we got outbid simply just because someone offered more money, even though we wanted to keep him and did so drastically, but we didn't have the money for it. And then also, 
the NIL situation. Lane Kiffin's been very vocal about that since last spring, about how it's unfair because certain programs could just outbid everybody. And, of course, he's talking about Texas A&M. And at Auburn, my belief is, based off what I've been hearing there, is that that's not really going to be that big of an issue for them because they've already raised more than $11 million for NIL pool money that is going to be able to uh, grow exponentially here in the coming years and coming months, I should say. And that's something that will entice any coach out there. So, again, that's what's going to be sold to Lane Kiffin. Is he going to be willing to listen and not shut his ears off before they get to you know, provide their sales pitch? That's a question to, to be asked. But, again, just look here in recent history with Ole Miss, just in the last 15, 20 years. Houston Nutt had them as a top-five team at one point. Hugh Freeze had them there as well. Heck, they were in the first playoff rankings, if you guys remember, uh, in the top four. <laughs> and Lane Kiffin has beaten Alabama twice, and none of those coaches were able to take them to Atlanta to the SEC championship game, let alone be in contention to reach the playoff. Meanwhile, at Auburn, because of the resources there and the better talent you're going to get, provides you, I hate to say, an easier road. It's still a very difficult road, but it's a much easier road than it is at Ole Miss. We'll see who that next head football coach is for the Auburn Tigers. They've got four games left in the year, and Cadillac Williams is going to be the interim man. Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports is our guest here on the program. How does this timeline work then, Brandon, knowing that so many of these coaches are in their current spots? Auburn wants to move as quickly as possible and that sort of thing. I mean, uh, what? How, how early is too early? What would be like, whoa, this is crazy that we're finding out this is official in terms of who that next head coach would be? Yeah, any time before the final weekend of the regular season would be, yeah. whoa, that's interesting. Sure. Um, but I, I, it is possible that word leaks in the final week of the season that so-and-so is lining up for the job and they're going to take the job literally like that next Sunday. Um, that that could very well happen. Um, but listen, I think Auburn's got some runway here uh, to go stretch this through mid-December if they have to. Um Yes, the early signing period's coming, but transfer portal is what's going to be really important. Um, you know, what, I mean, well, Auburn's lost, what, one or two guys so far from the signing class or commitment class? Right. Say. So they're not, I hate saying this, but there's not a lot of amazing superstar talent that if you lose from the commitments, or for that matter, players that are currently on the roster, that you would go, oh, wow, there's no way to recover from that. Because let's be honest, the program is in such bad shape right now that they're going to be worse next year. They just are with with the roster and the commitments they have right now. So you're going to have to fix it immediately through the transfer portal. And you can wait until mid-December to start working that because of the windows that are open now through the NCAA. So this is a, this is a search process that could go for six weeks. Or if they got their man and know who it's going to be and they're still coaching right now, they very well can have word leak there in that final week of the regular season. And we could be sitting here at the end of this very month right now going, Auburn's coach has been hired and they've got a press conference scheduled for tomorrow morning. We'll see how it all plays out. What, what do you think is uh, next for Brian Harson? 
It's a good question. Um, for one, I'm sure he's enjoying his birthday today. Yeah. Uh, Happy birthday. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a big paycheck coming. But, yeah, I think he gets back in coaching. I don't know him very well. I've talked to him one-on-one a couple times. But, um, you know, I bet he gets back into coaching. He needs a rebound from this. A lot of Auburn coaches, you guys know, you get fired from Auburn, you get kind of lost in the wilderness. You don't really rebound all that much from it. And Gus Malzahn at UCF, I mean, it's a good program, but it's a group of five program. And he's, I mean, he's never going to have another big-time gig like Auburn again. Brian Arson, I think, still has an opportunity to get back there, but I think he's got to get back on the radar quickly. And so I, I bet he's coaching again here real soon. Thanks so much for the time today, Brandon. It's always an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. I know the Auburn Undercover folks there with your 24-7 sports company are super busy, as are you. So what would you promote? How could people be plugged in and uh, stay up to date on all the Auburn football happenings and, and college football yeah. happenings, for that matter? Yeah, just go 24-7 sports. Everything you ever need is right there. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right, see you guys. All right, that's our pal Brandon Marcello joining us here on Sports Call today. Uh, always appreciate the time and insight. And that was uh, the unfortunate. I was hoping I wouldn't hear that. I knew I would hear that. Right, going to be that, at least a month. That, that's yep. you knew exactly what I was referencing. Yep. I wanted to know at four o'clock today, buddy. Well, I wanted you, to be able to. I wanted him to say nine minutes. I you know? would. I would present this, JJ, and you don't want this either. So. Oh boy. I think the only way you have a coach before. Uh, the the last game is played of the regular season is if it's Matt Rule, because <laughs> right. Matt Rule does not is not employed right now. Like right. Dude, I mean, just think about it. even sure. even if it is Lane, even if it's the no brainer, even if it's Lane Kiffin, and even if they lose to Alabama in a couple weeks coming off their bye week, and that that eliminates them from playoff contention, that eliminates them from the SEC championship game contention. He still ain't leaving after that game. <laughs> he's not saying, "Oh, lost to Bama, can't beat him. We'll we'll go somewhere else." Um, he's going to coach it out. So, even if it's Hugh Freeze, Liberty's ranked right now. I don't know if you Number knew that. Number 23. Uh, but I don't know if they'll be ranked in the, the college football playoff rankings tonight, but Hugh Freeze is not quitting on Liberty after he just signed a deal a week ago in the middle of the season. I'm not saying he wouldn't leave after the season, but he's not leaving with games left to be played. So... You know, it might happen a day after the season, and it might kind of be, oh, they they knew they already had it agreed to before the last game. But they're not going to do an official announcement with one of these guys that's employed while they've still got regular season games on their schedule. That's just not happening. And you know, what I would wonder too, I didn't ask this this part of the angle for Marcelo, but I did obviously ask about the hesitations Kiffin would have coming here. What if Ole Miss did? beat Alabama what if they did go to the SEC title game at 11-1 not likely I, I'm picking Alabama in that game but what if that did happen can you jump ship on a team that could go to the playoffs <laughs> I mean I don't know I'm just I'm just throwing that out there uh, I again I don't think that will be the scenario I do expect them to ultimately lose to Alabama and finish 10-2 and this year but uh, just just something to monitor but Unfortunately, JJ, yeah, we're going to be talking about this for a month. You're telling me to practice month. patience. I, the only thing that will happen news-wise between now and the end of November is guys that will not be the next head coach at Auburn, like guys that will re- publicly rebuff Auburn, basically. Boy, oh boy, we're in for the long haul. Waiting game is here. One day after Brian Harson was fired as head football coach, uh, myself 
and so many others want answers now. <laughs> Who's going to lead Auburn football into the 2023 season? We've reached the end of the first hour of the program. Our thanks again to our buddy Brandon Marcello for 24-7 Sports for joining us on the program today. Alongside Ryan LaVoy, I'm JJ Jackson. One hour in the Bucks, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson alongside Ryan LaVoy from Insider Studios here on South College Street. We hope that you are having a remarkable Tuesday afternoon. We are. It's been a lot of fun on the program so far, and we want the fun to continue. Justin Ferguson joins us here in just a little bit. And again, it's November. It's hard to believe it, but the month of November has arrived. College basketball starts this month. Football continues to move forward. Later tonight, we've got the first college football playoff rankings and more. 334-887-3401. Call in and chat with us. We want to know from you, who do you want to see be the next head football coach for the Auburn Tigers or bring up anything else that you would like to discuss on a sports call here today. So to the phone lines we go. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is here with us on sports call. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello, hello. I haven't felt this happy since, uh, gee, the, uh, the, the start of football season. Uh, so it's uh, really good to hear all you guys and your comments and uh, enjoy the Van Marcello's uh, uh, commentary as always. So let's get to it, guys. What do How you about got? This quote? How about this quote? If Auburn got Deion Sanders, I'd flip. Yeah. Uh, that comes from, from a recruiter, recruiter. To Christian Clemente. Christian Clemente, yeah. And he said that these were unsolicited uh, comments from potential recruits uh, who maybe already committed to other programs, but uh, he said that uh, these comments were coming from a variety of uh, commits to uh, uh, different programs, and they were completely unsolicited. And several other recruits said that hiring Sanders could, quote, change things for the better in their recruitments. So uh, that's uh, their take. Now, uh, did you happen to see a little <laughs> a little video clip of uh, I guess a press conference uh, or uh, post-game conference with uh, Deion Sanders and one of the reporters there asked him about the uh, 
search going on at Auburn and him being contacted. Do you happen to see that one? Yeah, I actually watched it during this break where he said, yeah, I've been contacted by the Tigers. And then he, yeah. and then he said, oh, I thought you were talking about the Jackson State Tigers. And then he said, oh, that was a fraudulent slip. <laughs> yeah. A, not a fraudulent slip, but a fraudulent slip. <laughs> Guys, what do you make of his uh, comment? He's fun. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I do imagine that there is going to be some level of conversation between the two at some point when you refer to uh, Deion Sanders as a possible candidate. So uh, I, I like it. I think that's why people want him. I mean, to hear recruits say they'd flip to Auburn to know the swag that he brings with them and the success that this team could have on the field. Now, what I can't make sense of right now uh, is Vegas having freeze at the top of their list. Uh, from everything I've read from Phil Marshall, Jason Caldwell, uh, Nathan King, they, 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 I mean, they portrayed that uh, Dr. Roberts would, you know, that'd be the last kind of person you would consider because of the things that he's, you know, been involved in, the, uh, the stuff with, you know, phoning and setting up, you know, uh, escort ladies. Right. Recruit. The President Obviously, Roberts angle is definitely something that has been said and or is circulating, I should say, uh, as word out there in terms of how he feels uh, towards Hugh Freeze. So definitely uh, have to um, know that, that that's out there. Uh, we just found it very interesting, Steve, like, like we said, that uh, Hugh Freeze is the betting odds favorite right now. And, you know, if that were to happen, guys, I don't know that I could continue supporting Auburn football uh, because of them hiring someone like his integrity and character. What about you guys? Uh, how would you feel? Uh, or maybe you'd feel differently than for me. Yeah, no, I would have no problem continuing to support Auburn. I think that uh, obviously what he did was wrong, but uh, to think that some versions of that are not happening in other places – uh, that that's and internally there's a, there's absolutely going to be that kind of thing, uh, maybe not to that severity, maybe to that not the dishonest nature of it, but obviously these programs have been operating under the boundaries of what's kind of moral and ethical for a while now, and now that we have nil, it's able to be a little bit more public and it's able to be a little bit more above board, but there's always going to be things that we're not able to account for of how shady they can be. So um, I, I don't think that what he did was right, but I'm also not going to just completely not care about Auburn or uh, hate the man for it. Well, uh, I, I'm just really, you know, disgusted with his uh, poor judgment. Not only did he do that one, but you know he didn't stop there. Then he tries to intimidate or at least influence a potential witness against, uh, I guess, a friend of his, is that right, who was being alleged in some improper um, relationships and was called out on it. And I said, gosh, this guy just doesn't learn from uh, bad choices, right? Yeah, I mean, in that instance, obviously, he was uh, he used poor judgment all the way through. And when you're caught with something that you know is bad, you're more likely than not most people are not just <laughs> – going to sit there they're going to try and figure out a way out of it and that was his way of trying to figure out a way out of it but um yeah no again I, i'm not saying that the guy is a, a great human being and you know we should all you know go to the book of hugh freeze but um i also think that again if you saw what if you got to see it what everyone 
really was doing behind the scenes, I I honestly don't think he'd be the only one that would raise an eyebrow. Well, I, I don't want to know my price. Right. Okay. Uh, that, that's that's my that's my view. It would nauseate me. All right. Um, moving on, guys. This would also nauseate me. Let's go to the nauseating, more nauseating. Did you happen to read the full uh, statement by uh, Harson today? Yes. Uh, his farewell. Um, well, the one that nauseated me uh, is when he said this. I poured my heart and soul into this program and team. Wow. That to me struck me as disingenuous as all get out. Uh, because if you believe that one, then I guess I better question the horror story uh, podcast uh, by Jason Caldwell uh, that was uh, put out earlier today about his lack of actually involvement in recruiting uh, and that the mostly the, the <laughs> Alabama high school coaches uh, didn't even uh, hardly ever see him except maybe the last uh, go around. And I said, wow. And then this one got me nauseated. And I thought, really? I said, what are you doing? You know, first, you know, you don't know a damn thing about Auburn. But Reese Davis calls Auburn's treatment of Brian Harson what? Quote, disgraceful and despicable. Did you see that? I did. What did you make of all those things, Ryan, and the rest of you guys, too? Yeah, I, I don't think Reese knows the whole story. And um, obviously, you know, Auburn went on a witch hunt last year with Brian Harson. I don't think, obviously, um, most of it was justified. I think they were looking into player treatment ultimately, and that was the, the justifiable part of what they were doing. The, the, the alleged affair and stuff was nefarious and out of place. Well, that, yeah, I, um, that was that inappropriate. Right, and I think that's what – I think that's the part that the national media and people at Reese Davis kind of focus on, and they don't look at the player mistreatment allegations, and they don't look at the investigation into that part of it. And obviously it didn't turn up right, so the results show that – you know, he, he, it was not a fireable offense and that sort of thing. But I think that that Reese was, you know, unfairly criticizing the aspect of it that was just focused on the affair stuff. Which, of course, he would be right in questioning that part of it. But that's not the entire part of it. Yeah, and of course, you know, we know he's an Alabama alum too. So uh, that that kind of you know. Uh, to, to me, is it tainted? But you know, uh, I and then there are other hit piece articles that came out. I don't know if you've already read them. Uh, I got nauseous. I quit reading them. From Athlon Sports, The Athletic, uh, SI, uh, on and on. And I'm saying, you know, are we the only program that uh, so-called is that dysfunctional? You know, uh, how about Nebraska? How about Miami? How about you know? Let's go down the list. But they don't seem to get. I guess the well, maybe it's my. Um, maybe it's my uh, orange and blue that makes me feel so irritated by this, but it just seems to be uh, a lot more magnification of when Auburn does something versus when other universities do something similar. Um, guys, do, do you think I'm, I'm just overreacting to these hit pieces on Auburn? It's because we live in SEC country. Um, I, I feel at a national level, Miami – is just as criticized as Auburn. I feel Nebraska is just as made fun of or criticized as Auburn. Um, and certainly they would be right because obviously what's going on 
uh, in Nebraska the last decade and a half, starting with the Bo Pelini kind of mistreatment of his players and moving forward, Nebraska has been a far worse train wreck than Auburn has been. Auburn has won a national championship and been to another since that happened with Bo Pelini. And then with Miami, their program in, in the annals of college football history is very famous for the U days of uh, you know the the 90s and and how they got it big time going over there won a couple championships but since then they they faced planted as a program and i i'm old enough to remember this year when mario cristobal and miami were supposed to be a top 10 or top 15 team and they're like four and four this year so i think nationally these programs do get recognized as dysfunctional just as much but because we're all around the sec you hear paul feinbaum you watch the sec network the sec network couldn't give a crap about what's going on at Miami or Nebraska, but they're going to focus on the problems of Auburn and all the SEC schools. And because Tennessee appears to have righted its ship, its ship, it's got to be Texas A&M or Auburn that you're talking about now as as dysfunctional debbies. And so uh, that that is that is kind of the reality. Is it nationally Auburn is is up there with some other programs. I don't think they exceed the other programs in their coverage, but down here. Auburn gets, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the bad press because, again, the SEC is, is just different. Well, I, I, I blame two, two people who are tourists for, for whatever reasons. I don't know, you know why they're so butthurt with Auburn. That's Pete Thamel and Schwablock. They, they, they do hit pieces. If they can uh, you know, uh, find it, they'll, they'll try it. Am I wrong on that? Their names have certainly been in bylines where it makes you feel that way, but uh, I, I never want to be someone to go out and I, I like their reporting. I, I think Pete Thamel was uh, the first one that came out and really had John Cohen as uh, as the man to be the athletic director for Auburn. So uh, he clearly knows what he's doing and uh, has had a pretty good journalistic career. Uh, but sometimes it does feel like the outsiders coming in and, and have those tough hit pieces on the Tigers. Final thoughts for us, well, Steve. Okay. Um, you may want to read this column from Phil Marshall that came out today okay. uh, about Roberts, Cohen, and the coaching search, search to come. And here's this real quick nugget that uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. He says, this is what I've heard about Cohen. Cohen by contract. Now, I don't know if he's seen the contract or someone has told him, but he says, we'll have full control of the athletics department. He says, that will be a first since Pat Dye was the AD. Cohen will make the decision on the next coach and that he will be hiring and firing. And then he said, of course, uh, someone asked him, uh, does that mean he doesn't you know, answer to anyone? He says, of course, he will uh, be answering to the president, but no, he will not seek permission on hiring and firing uh, of any uh, staff uh, in the athletic department. So I thought that was uh, a strong uh, yeah. uh, comment uh, to make. And then he also said this. Uh, he went on to say that... Uh, Oh, where's that? Here it is. Um, I have it on good authority. Listen to this one. I have it on good authority that Harson had no clue he was being fired Monday. It all came down very rapidly once Cohen was in the field fold. Now, guys, I watched football on Football Review Saturday, uh, Sunday morning. And, in fact, I even read some other people making the comments. But I didn't see uh, Harson wearing any Auburn shirt. It was a plain white shirt. And then I also read from reporters that they had to wait like an hour, an hour and a half, and that he had apparently changed from the Auburn uh, sideline apparel to uh, a non-Auburn shirt. 
So we we were there. We had to wait a really long time. He has showered after every single game, and uh, sometimes he does change back in. He arrives in suit and tie every game, and so in a way, it does make sense that you leave in suit and tie. Uh, um, So, but uh, all of that is accurate in terms of how long we had to wait on Saturday after the game. Okay, well, maybe it's coincidence, but I know the Auburn Football Review. He typically wears something Auburn logo, correct? But not on this one, correct? So, uh, guys, how clever do you think it is? What what Philip Marshall said, I have on good authority that Harson had no clue he was being fired Monday. Ryan and I are nobody to uh, to discredit what Philip Marshall might be saying with all of the sources that he's got over his long career uh, covering the Auburn Tigers. So I think that'd be pretty cool if it were to be that case because, uh, you know, Chris Roberts, uh, from what we have read, seems to be the one that would have a hold up with somebody like Hugh Freeze. And so if it is all John Cohen, then that doesn't matter. It's whoever John Cohen wants to be the next athletic director. So it's uh, going to be fun guys, to see how, how all that plays out. Last thought, Steve. You have intel. Well, I, I have so many things. You know, Zayvon Capers, we lost him. Another transfer, yes. He's gone, okay? And I was hoping these people would say, hey, you know, wait a minute. Well, let's don't hit the portal real quick. Let's see, you know, what happens. And they very the well could. They very well could. And what about hiring and firing? Is this just a title for uh, Cadillac, or do you think he has the authority to hire or fire anybody at this point? Uh, no, he. I, I do not think he'll make any changes. There's no point to do that. They're not going to let okay, him do that. Then yeah. How in the world do you justify that they didn't fire Will Friend, Who's done nothing with the offensive? Uh, <laughs> and line. now he's going to be a co-offensive coordinator yeah, with Ike Hillier. Yeah, the crap out of me. And then, and then to make it even more a head scratcher, how do you keep Jeff Schmedling? Yeah, uh, yeah. How do you do that, guy? Running the defense. Interesting. I'm not sure why they that made that decision. Could, could but run the defense. Yeah. Good to hear from I you could, today, could, Steve. Well, thank you for letting me uh, uh, get my blood pressure up and my cholesterol up. Uh, you guys are always appreciated. So. With that, thank you guys. You have a safe afternoon. I'll uh, calm myself back down and uh, hope that we have the courage to make a home run hire for a coach because uh, from what I've read, um, and Philip Marshall said it, that John Cohen knows the importance of making a right pick Absolutely. for coach for us. All right, with that, guys, have a good night. Have a safe afternoon again. And War Dam Eagle, no matter what anyone else tells you. War Eagle. That's our good power tired War Dam Steve joining us there on the program. I thought he said to start the call he was happy today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the blood true. pressure got up. We didn't want the blood pressure to go up, Steve. And We're it, sorry it, about that. It just happened. Uh, all right, before we get to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, we celebrate birthdays each and every day. Let's do that today. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today on November 1st of 2022. Bruce Irvin is celebrating his birthday today, turning 35. NFL linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. Played college football at West Virginia. Drafted with the 15th overall pick in the 2012 NFL Draft by the Seahawks. Has also played with the Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, and Bears. Forced fumbles, co-leader in 2016, and a Super Bowl champion with the Seahawks in 2014. Bruce Irvin is turning 35. Deami Brown is turning 23. An NFL wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. Played three years of college football at UNC. Third team All-ACC with the Tar Heels. First team All-ACC in 2020. Third team All-American last year. And Deami Brown out of North Carolina selected with the 82nd overall pick in the third round of the 2021 NFL Draft by the Commanders. And uh, he's already making some plays this season there for Washington. One of their top targets 
not named Terry McLaurin. Deami Brown is turning 23 years old today. Coco Crisp is turning 43. Easily one of the best names in sports. Yep, agreed. Like, I, I just, I don't know how you compete with that one. The former MLB outfielder played one season of college baseball at Los Angeles Pierce College, drafted to the Cardinals in the seventh round of the 1999 MLB draft, made his debut with the Indians in 2002, played with the Red Sox, Royals, and Athletics, won the World Series with the Red Sox in 2007. Coco Crisp is turning 43. Stephen Voigt is turning 38, a former MLB catcher who has just retired. Is it Vote? Vote, yeah. I am so sorry. Yeah, you're thinking like to Luke Voigt. Yeah. Stephen Vote. Yeah. Um, my apologies. Played. Thank you for correcting me no as problem. well. Uh, you didn't audibly correct me, but I could. I could read the body language. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two-time. In a IA All-American at Azusa Pacific University, drafted by the Rays in the 12th round of the 2007 MLB Draft, played in his professional career with the Athletics, Brewers, Giants, Diamondbacks, and Braves, two-time All-Star, and just retired at the end of this past season. Steven Vogt is turning 38 years old. Masahiro Tanaka is turning 34 years old, former MLB pitcher and current Nipen professional league pitcher in the Japanese league. He played with the New York Yankees in Major League Baseball, where he was a two-time MLB All-Star uh, playing for the Yankees from 2014 to 2020. Did you like Tanaka? Were you a fan of his pitching for the Yanks? He was good. I, I feel like these Japanese guys get a little too overhyped sometimes. Sure. And and some of these Asian players, they're because they're just like the best damn thing over there in their yeah. league, and so you expect that to translate into just the best damn thing right over here. And you know Ichiro was awesome, and now you're seeing it. Shohei Otani's obviously awesome, but I think you expect everybody to be like one of those guys. Right. So Tanaka was a quality pitcher for seven, eight, nine two years. Yeah. He just wasn't like the dominant ace that everyone. Sure. Kind of like I, I would say he had a. a it was a longer version uh, version of uh, Dice K Matsuzaka. Right. Matsuzaka was good for two or three years in Boston, and then he trailed off and got hit around, and he was out of the league. Tanaka pitched well for maybe six or seven years, and then was you know it just was never at the top of the of the sport. So. I like them, but again, I think people other. I'm blaming others. Others told me he was supposed to be like a Cy Young winner, so. And he's still pitching professionally at the age of 34 right now in Japan. Where does Kenshin Kawakami fit in then? As bottom as you can get, my guy. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man! Happy birthday, Masahiro Tanaka. Happy birthday, Brian Harson. Wow, the timing of this. Turning 46 years old now. The former head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, formerly at Boise State as well. And then last but not least, Karen Hoppe, the Auburn soccer head coach, is celebrating her birthday today. Of course, the SEC does not endorse men's soccer. That is not a SEC-sanctioned sport. So anytime you say Auburn soccer, you're referencing the Auburn University women's team. It is head coach Karen Hoppe, who's had the job for over 20 years at this point. She is celebrating her birthday today. That's Birthdays in Sports, 
Bruce Irvin, Deami Brown, Coco Crisp, Stephen Vogt, Masahiro Tanaka, Karen Hoppe, and Brian Harson. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Stop by Max Credit Union for all of your banking needs. Always a joy to uh, talk with them about everything going on in the world of banking. Let's take a break. On the other side of this break, Justin Ferguson joins the show next here on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan Lavoy on this Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. We have finally made it to the month of November. We're so excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our favorites, a very good friend of the program. He is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, and he's kind enough to join us here on the show today. Justin, how is uh, your Tuesday treating you, sir? Uh, it can't be Tuesday. This has to be at least like Friday. Um, <laughs> there is, there is, there's no way that this is just Tuesday. <laughs> the last busy day that you remember before yesterday, like, is there a day that comes to mind that was as busy, or did yesterday just top all of that with the news that was breaking? You know, yesterday topped it because you know you have covered coach firings in the past. I've coached covered coach hirings in the past i've never done a firing and a hiring in the same day never have done that at any point in my career so yeah super busy day yesterday um but uh yeah uh, it's a whole lot's kind of happened here over the last 24 48 hours and um i'm very interested to see kind of what auburn does next from from you know what they've got set up right now Makes content a little bit easier in terms of ideas yeah. to be there, I would imagine. And also, there's got to be a, a little bit of a, um, a a sense that you at least know, Ferg, that you uh, won't have this happen again anytime soon because you're not going to see another firing and hiring in the same day, one would think, uh, for, for several years at least. So at least you've got that going for you now that you've put yesterday in your rearview mirror. Yeah, pretty busy day yesterday, a lot of stuff. I mean, we did two podcasts yesterday. Um, we wow. did, I had a, a newsletter at, um, you know, on John Cohen and Brian Harson kind of go up at the, you know, kind of a combo newsletter that went up yesterday. Then did a, uh, did a story today um, breaking down 21 different uh, head coaching candidates for Auburn <laughs> uh, moving forward. So it's, it's been a pretty busy day, but I mean, that's, that's these are the kind of days that, you know, you really have to go to work and, um, you know, these are the days where you feel like you're actually working hard because most of the time it feels like you don't have a real job. You know, these these last couple of days have kind of kind of swung that in in the other direction. 
So fascinating. 21 candidates folks can go read about at the Auburn Observer for this head coaching job. How many of those, Ferg, were just really easy? Like, this is the name that's been out there and that sort of thing. And then where did those other names, uh, how, like, how did you put all the thoughts together there, I'm asking? Yeah, I mean, my top three candidates that you can go and check out, my top three is a pretty consistent top three that I've heard you know, honestly, before Brian Harson was was even fired, those were three Isn't names that, that wild? kind of yeah. Yeah, kind of kind of kind of stood out and continued to stand out. There's about four or five after that that have been mentioned a lot in the last 24 hours. I have my doubts and I have my um, you know kind of just questions about you know the, each of these people's fit and just all that. Where I feel like the top three kind of all have something kind of separate themselves. And then the rest, I mean, there's there's about 13 or 14 on there, me just spitballing, just like just saying, like, hey, this is a name that makes sense. This is a name that makes sense. And they range from sitting head coaches to guys who are currently position coaches elsewhere and, and a couple of NFL names as well. So, I mean, it's like, you know, there's a whole lot of, uh, of speculation. And so just try to have fun with it, try to do something a little different. Uh, so you can go to the Observer and check that out. I got uh, names that you should hear about from Auburn. Uh, in the coach and search names that you will hear about and the names you might hear about uh, in the future and but like i said the my top three has been pretty consistent and if you had asked me my top three a month ago it probably would have been the same as it was yesterday yeah it's the three that we've been talking about i would imagine with the likes of uh, lane kiffin Deion sanders hugh freeze there in the mix hugh freeze uh, betting favorites right now in, in las vegas to be that next head football coach for Auburn, why do you think there's so much momentum, at least out west, in terms of Hugh Freeze being the next guy for Auburn? Well, I'm going to correct you there because my top three is not that top. Three. Okay, Lane correct Kiffin, me then. Lane, yeah, Lane Kiffin is the number one, in my opinion, for Auburn. But my other two are not Deion Sanders and uh, Hugh Freeze. Although those are two names that are going to get a ton of attention. And, and I mean, both of them, you know, they make sense. You know, Deion's going to get linked to every job, a big job, because of the work he's done at Jackson State. He's going to be an ace recruiter. Obviously, there's a lot to like there. Hugh Freeze, I really question the Hugh Freeze connection just because this is a man who last week signed a $40 million fully guaranteed extension with Liberty. I don't know if you do that if you think that you have a chance at the Auburn job. I don't know how seriously Auburn would consider Hugh Freeze as a candidate. And so I think it's easy. I think it's an easy thing because that's been the narrative for years now. It's like, well, Auburn will go after Hugh Freeze. Right. That's what they did in the last cycle. It did not happen. I'm not surprised it's happening again. Um, so, yeah, I'm just uh, – to me, I'm like uh, – I look at it and say, you know, I'm not – I don't doubt that Hugh Freeze would take this job or would even want this job. I, I think those two things are true. I don't know how much the interest is going to be there from Auburn uh, because Hugh Freeze comes with a ton of baggage. Dion, you know, you, you have the excitement, you have the hype, you have the recruiting – um, but, you know, he's also only been a college coach for now three years of any level and any kind. Um, so it's, it's a huge get, a risk. I mean, that is the big, like, the biggest gamble I, I wrote today. That's the biggest gamble you can make with a head coach. And the thing about a big, a big gamble is it can, if it pays off, you hit huge. If not, I mean, it could go pretty sideways, and I, and I feel like that's kind of the Dion situation. So those three names I presented then are are, are the top names in terms of betting odds there in yeah, Las right. Vegas, which you obviously uh, are, are way beyond that. That's what we've uh, grown <laughs> to love about Justin Ferguson. So Lane Kiffin then in particular, why Kiffin yeah. is this? Uh, I mean, could you see a world in which he is the next Auburn football head coach? What's it going to take or what have to happen for him to be the next guy? 
I think he's going to have to take a lot of money. They're going to have to pay him more than he does at Ole Miss. But I do think there is real interest from Auburn in Lane Kiffin. And I, I would not be surprised if there was interest from Lane Kiffin in Auburn if that opportunity arose. Um, I think there is a ceiling of what Lane Kiffin is accomplishing at Ole Miss. He's about to have double-digit win seasons in back-to-back years at Ole Miss. The last time that happened at Ole Miss, 1960 and 1961. This is a place where it is really, really tough to compete. Auburn has more resources. Auburn has more money. Auburn has more fan support. I mean, it's just everything's bigger when it comes to Auburn as a football program, and I think you can compete more. It's just going to be a down to a decision for Lane Kiffin if it presents itself as, do I want to become a god in Oxford, Mississippi, or do I want to have a chance to compete for a championship again? Because I think that's going to be the, play, the, the real question he's got to ask himself because Auburn has more potential for that. I think Lane's the number one candidate for Auburn, and I wouldn't be surprised if Lane – with the here Auburn now, but it's going to take a lot of money uh, because he is getting paid handsomely at Ole Miss, and I think that's going to kind of be the step up. But he's the number one candidate, and I think he's the number one candidate in terms of you know what you would see uh, as a you know checking all the boxes. Uh, this is a guy that is a dynamic offensive mind. He's one of the best offensive minds in college football. Um, he's worked the portal, the transfer portal, better than anybody else in the country. That's something that Auburn's going to really need these next couple cycles because of their recruiting misses. It's also a splash name with SEC experience. Auburn went out and got a sitting AD and uh, SEC AD and John Cohen this weekend and, and paid a lot of money for it. To me, that was a signal that experience in the league is going to be at a premium uh, with, with Auburn in the, moving forward, and I think that includes uh, the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, to me, Lane checks all the boxes. It's, I think it will ultimately come down to if Lane wants to leave a really good situation uh, at Ole Miss for a potentially better one in Auburn. And Ferg, with the new AD hire of John Cohen, obviously the back background to this is that he was AD in a state where Lane Kiffin was obviously a head coach. Does that play into your mind at all? Or if not, uh, I mean, with what we do know from John Cohen at Mississippi State, what what will he be looking at in terms of this hire? Yeah, so John Cohen I think is, is an interesting case because he is somebody who has – um, made a couple of hires, both of them kind of outside the box. I don't think people are expecting Mike Leach or Joe Moorhead to be uh, Mississippi State's head coach, but I think those were two good hires for what Mississippi State is and what they can accomplish. Moorhead obviously wasn't a fit, but I think Leach is, as, you know, is, is kind of what, what Mississippi State is going to have moving forward. So if it is an outside-the-box candidate, if it's not somebody we're talking about today, I wouldn't be surprised just because that's kind of the track record we've seen uh, with John Cohen. The fact that he's from Mississippi and the fact that he's a Mississippi State AD is interesting. Part of the thing that that uh, people thought about over the weekend is that Mississippi State gave him a four-year deal. Um, that's the maximum amount of years you can give a, a state employee by law in the state of Mississippi. Uh, that's the same thing for Lane Kiffin. The government could offer more money and a longer contract uh, than uh, Ole Miss can, and I think that's part of what what appealed to John Cohen coming to Auburn, and he's getting paid uh, reportedly a significantly higher amount than he was getting paid at Mississippi State. So it's interesting. It is really interesting because I don't. I would not rule out the fact that since he's the Mississippi State AD, that he wouldn't hire the Ole Miss head coach. In fact, I think that there's there might be some parallels there that could work. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a fascinating uh, it's a fascinating dynamic. I, I just think. Auburn is in a, in, a, in a spot where they could potentially poach a couple of sitting people in the SEC to go move forward 
from the era that they just came out of with Alan Green and Brian Harson, who on paper made sense as hires, but they didn't have big time experience in the league in their current in their respective positions, and I think that stood out. And, and so, Ferg, as we transition away from the Brian Harson era, obviously everything went wrong and, and nothing really uh, can be redeeming out of the last year and a half, I feel. Uh, so of all the things that are broken or are struggling right now with the football program, for the next head coach, what is the most important thing to get right? Uh, bring a talent acquisition. It's all about getting the dudes. Auburn has regressed on, off the field in recruiting the last two cycles and will probably do so again in this cycle to a degree where if they want to consistently compete with the likes of Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M and other teams in the SEC, they absolutely have to get a guy that can land the recruits. And that's going to be a big thing. That's where I think, you know, obviously it's where the Dion interest makes a lot of sense or at least the excitement level from Auburn fans. It is also, honestly, why I'm not 100% sold on a, on, on, a, on a guy like Matt Rule, just because it's like where the recruiting chops, like he hasn't had to do that at this level. And I think that's going to be very important. It's why a guy like Lane Kiffin makes sense. It's why a couple of guys. The other two candidates, by the way, that I have above the rest of the pack with Lane Kiffin, kind of two and three in some order, are two guys that know Auburn and know the SEC and are not head coaches but make a lot of sense. Uh, and, and there are people that people around Auburn have already been talking about, and that's Jeff Grimes, the Baylor offensive coordinator, and Charles Kelly, the co-defensive coordinator at Alabama, who once played at Auburn. Those two guys, in particular, are dudes that have recruiting background. They know Auburn. They've been at. They've either coached at Auburn or played at Auburn, um, and just know what it takes to succeed at a high level and what this place could look like when it's really clicking. Um, and recruiting is a big thing. Jeff Grimes has done a great job recruiting at BYU and now at Baylor. He was awesome at Auburn, offensive line recruiting, LSU, all that good stuff. Charles Kelly is a killer on the recruiting trail. Um, you go look it up. Man has like uh, like over a half a dozen five stars and nearly 44 stars to his name <laughs> as a recruiter on, on, on 247. So I think it's got to be something along those lines, and that's where Lane makes sense. And honestly, without the SEC experience, that's where a guy like Dion also makes sense here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, talent acquisition, it's, it's the primary thing. You can be a smart guy. You can be a good football coach, X's and O's. I think Brian Harson is still a good football coach, but they were not getting the dudes, and they were actually losing dudes more than they were getting dudes. And, like, in this league, if you ain't got the guys, you ain't going to hang. I mean, this is just that, – that's the, that's the reality of the situation. I'm not saying Auburn's got to recruit like Alabama and Georgia. they got to get a whole lot closer than where they're at right now, though. Follow Justin Ferguson on Twitter at jfergusonau. So uh, we mentioned here we are November 1st. Brian Harson has been fired. Auburn now tries to find who their next head football coach could be. Still with four games left on the schedule. And Cadillac Williams takes over as the interim head coach for Auburn. So uh, with Auburn right now, Ferg, given that they've got the, the three wins on the year that they do have, if you were to throw out a percentage that Auburn can make it to a bowl game, what would it be at this point? Uh, I would give it something like a 20% chance. 20, okay. 25. Yeah, it, not high. You're going to have to beat State this weekend, which is not impossible. And you're going to have to beat Texas A&M at home next weekend. Again, not impossible. But putting them back-to-back would be tough. 
with as much turnover as this team's had, just with the play they've been to, like, you know, firing Brian Harson is not going to solve all your problems, right? This, this team still has issues. And I, I think the one thing to keep in mind is that interims have been really good in college football this year. So keep an eye on that this weekend against Auburn and Mississippi State. Just telling you, you yeah. can get Auburn as a 13-and-a-half-point dog uh, right now. I'm not saying they went out right, but you, you might be a little bit interested in that. Um, I think they can get better. I think they can be a little more prepared, have a little bit more of an edge. I think the crowd's definitely going to be better next Saturday night against A&M game because of this. But it's like, I don't know. I really, really don't know because I think Mississippi State and A&M, especially State, has been a little bit more consistent this season with their performances. Um, and then A&M, you know, A&M's a mess right now, and Auburn's at home, and that could just be a really ugly just like slap slap fight uh, on on uh, on next Saturday night. But I just think it's low. I mean, it's it's kind of with the way I felt about the Arkansas game last week. It's like you can see where Auburn can hang and be competitive, but you're asking an offense that has not been consistent this season to be consistent, and you're asking a defense that has regressed to magically just start playing better. Um, maybe you get a win out of that. But it's going to be hard for me to see going back-to-back. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, the interim magic is definitely real in college football this year. It's the Auburn Observer, and we're chatting with Justin Ferguson. You could support the Auburn Observer by uh, subscribing to his awesome work. $6 a month or $60 a year. I still have those numbers right, Ferg, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. Make sure you go and uh, support everything he's got going on. What does the rest of the week look like for for you, brother? Because there is so much uh, content opportunities out there. Well, I mean, we just got done. I mean, I just left Auburn basketball practice. We talked to Bruce Pearl and Wendell Green Jr. and Chris Moore. Auburn's got an exhibition tomorrow night, so I have coverage of that. I have a preview up tomorrow. The Observer have coverage of that. We'll do a podcast as well uh, that will come out uh, on Friday. Mailbag, if you have any questions about Auburn football or basketball, you can send it to me. And then I'll be you know, heading to, to Starkville to cover the game this weekend. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. We might get an introductory press conference from John Cohen at some point. Might hear some something from Cadillac at some point as, as the new interim. There's going to be a ton of stuff going on right now. And, I mean, I, there literally has not been a better time to subscribe to what we've got going on because it's a ton. And so every time you, know, you subscribe, everything we do gets sent to your inbox, whether it's a podcast or a newsletter. Like I said, we did two podcasts here about Brian Harson, a premium. All, you have to subscribe to listen to it. We talk a lot about coaching candidates and what's going on moving forward. Uh, you can read my coaching candidates list if you're a subscriber. You can read my, um, my, my newsletter from yesterday on Cohen and Harson. That's free. Anybody can check it out. So go to AuburnObserver.com, click on it, uh, and then there will be plenty of links in there for you to sign up. Got a bunch of people sign up today and yesterday. Um, you know, this is, this, is the, this is the time of year you're going to want to jump on That's it. Awesome. Because between football and what we're about to get with Auburn basketball, um, there's going to be a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, Ryan's heading to the Golden State Warriors game on Thursday. Any messaging that you would like for him to pass along to those guys? It's just, can, can, can someone other than Steph play well like, for a game? Like, oh, we just need, like This team is built to have multiple guys step up. It's very similar to this Auburn basketball team this year where it's like you, if one guy goes down, you can feel like a couple other can pick him up and you'll be fine. But it's just too often this team has kind of looked flat on offense where it's like if a couple of guys are having a bad game, it's, you're looking around trying to figure out like who's going to be better uh, you know, and, and overcome that. So 
Um, it's early. It's super early. I mean, everybody thought the Warriors were kind of trash last season. They won the title. I, I'm not worried, but it's just, you know, for right now, early season to kind of keep it going to maximize uh, what you got with the new pieces and some of the young guys' development and to get just in a good groove when the games get really serious. I just, I just want to see a little bit more balance. I want to see a little bit more balance. It can't all just be Steph and Jordan Poole uh, going off on random nights. I'd also like to see a little defense because they're like 22nd in defensive rating or something like that. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really <laughs> weird. They should be a lot better at that. So, but yeah, going down to Orlando to see them on Thursday. Orlando uh, decidedly cheaper to go to than Atlanta for the Warriors yes. game. So, yeah, the tray. I mean, the time I've seen, the time I watched, the couple of times I watched the Warriors play in Atlanta, it was obscenely expensive to sit in the nosebleed, and that was pre Trey Young, you know, pre Dejounte Murray, like pre like this version of the Hawks being pretty good. Um, and Orlando's interesting, man. Like, Bancaro's had a great start to his career. Um, they're an interesting little feisty team that I think they're going to have the perfect tank job this year where they're going to be a team that's, like, going to lose a lot of games, but they're going to do just enough to keep themselves interesting. So that's always a fun team to watch. As you know, he's also a, a season ticket member for – or holder, I should say, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he'll be seeing Tom Brady play on Thursday. Any messaging that he should pass along there? Um, it's hilarious that they're that the Falcons are leading the NFC South right now. Um, <laughs> keep that up. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, just any messaging. Like, I don't care about the Bucks. I don't care about their if they're successful or not. I, I just think it's personally funny that Tom Brady ruined his life and his family um, to you know score nine points in a game against you know a, a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Like that. That to me is hilarious. Um, you know, I'm sorry it's coming at Ryan's team's expense, but you made a deal with the devil, so just, you know you got to you got to live with the consequences. Uh, do you want to say anything there, Ryan? No. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. It's nothing personal against the Bucks. Sure, I know, I know. Brady. Yeah, uh, it's more of Tom Brady. I will be. Uh, I will be at the Lions game on Sunday. <laughs> um, any, <Why>? any <laughs> as any good human would ask. Um, do you remember Michael Pelfrey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Britt he's Bowen and I—he's still working with. Up he there? is, yes. Yeah. So he yeah, is—he's yeah, way up there in their scouting department. Yeah. Uh, that guy keeps making amazing moves. So he—he uh, he is hosting Britt Bowen and I this weekend. Um, nice. So we're going up Great there to, to the Packers. Oh, they might win that game. <laughs> so that uh, is a really sad NFC North game. Yes, that is indeed, <laughs> and um, that's what I'll be doing. And Monday's my birthday, so it's it's going to go. be a whole ordeal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, everybody have fun. I'm going to go to Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like for Auburn to win. You know, if if uh, I, I know that you don't necessarily have any impact on whether or not that happens, but I just yeah, I mean. I, I, I've learned enough in life that a Mike Leach team can lose to anybody at any given moment, so I'm not going to rule it out. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 13 and a half is a lot for a team that's got an interim. I'm just saying. Do you like the Davis Wade press box? Uh, it has been so long since I've been in there that I'm trying to remember. It was one of the few ones that was open. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you heard a lot of yeah, cowbell. We'll ask next week. We'll ask it's next week. It's open air, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll enjoy open air. Okay. I'll always awesome. enjoy open air. I hope the food spreads great for you as well. Oh, you get the ice cream in Mississippi State. That's <laughs> You're prepared, Ferg. Be yeah. well. Have a great week ahead, and we'll talk next week. Okay. All right.
All right, hey that's uh, Justin Ferguson joining us on the program. Why Detroit? Yeah, that's a uh, that's probably fair. a why um, the Lions. Fair yeah. question to ask. I'd like the Bucks to play Lions. I'm Actually, going no, to I Detroit because so, uh, they couldn't beat Pittsburgh or Carolina. You are going to Detroit. Yeah, day before your birthday. Day before my and birthday. And then you do something cool on your birthday. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and take a break. We're out of time. Sound good? I guess we need to take a break then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the end of our number. Two here on Sports Call alongside Ryan Lavoy. I'm JJ Jackson. Two hours the Bucks, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Woo! Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, Brooksy, Brooks Childress. What's up? What's up? I've been absent, but now I'm here. Where have you been? Taking care of company business. Oh, okay. Uh, How you doing? I'm great. You know, it's a new world. New it world is. in Auburn athletics. New head coach. Yeah, not just a football program. Right, interim head coach. Uh, new athletic director. Not named Steve Cohen. That's right. Not decidedly. You heard not. that at the start of the show, right? I did hear yeah. that. I heard uh, Steve Cohen was named the athletic director, and I said, well, the NIL money just went way up. <laughs> he is the owner of the New York Mets. He is. Who lost the division to the Atlanta Braves. That's right. Who just had Dansby Swanson win the first ever gold glove in his career. That's correct. Now they should probably re-sign him. They should probably re-sign him. Not Ma- the Mets, though. Max Freed uh, also won his third straight gold glove. That's correct. Dansby Swanson, Max Freed, gold glove winners for your Atlanta Braves. How you doing, though, Brooks? For real. You okay? You holding up after the uh, Auburn football news from yesterday? No, I was in a corner for a while, yeah. crying. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I mean, you know, it was... It's good to hear. It was the the news is, you know, you, you guys have talked about it all day. You know, talked about it all yesterday. It's the news everybody kind of expected to happen. You just didn't know when. And I'll tell you what, I was... Um, I went home Saturday after the game, and I was listening... You know, well, first I was listening to uh, Marcelo right. earlier. One, first off, great interview. You thank you. knocked it out of the park. It's, Brooks, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and it's not hard to knock it out of the park when Marcelo's on, because he's Fair. also a great interview, too. Um, but I was listening to that, and he talked about... You know, I think one of the questions was asked about the timing of it. Um, and Saturday... I don't know if I said this to you, JJ, after the game, but I know I said it to... Uh, we, me and Grace were just talking, my fiance. It's always Grace. And um, it, is, it is always Grace. Um, if it's past 6.30. Yes, right. correct. It's always Grace. <laughs> if it's between the hours of 6 p.m. and about 10 a.m. the next day, it's it's typically going to be Grace. If it's that my I'm voice to. saying words. And, and JJ is jealous Grace. about that. So. I, I'm aware. I'm sorry. But I was saying to, I think I said it to JJ. I'm not 100% sure, but I said it to Grace. After all the, the Cohen news came out during the Arkansas game, 
I, I immediately said, I, I don't know if this is going to happen, but if I had to make a guess, if you told me to make a bold prediction right now, it would be that they hire Cohen, Roberts fires Harson and says, your first job as, head, as the athletic director is to hire a football coach. You said that to me. I know I said it. I didn't know if I said it to you. I know I said it to Grace. I yeah, couldn't remember if I said, said it to you or me. not. So I, I said that over the weekend, and I and I I figured it was going to be Sunday. It was all going to happen Sunday. And when it didn't happen Sunday, I'm like, oh well, that prediction's up. You know that bold prediction that I didn't publicize. Like, way to go, Brooks. Out of the door. And then it happened on Monday, but technically it still was like they hadn't hired Cohen yet. It, the the announcement didn't come till later in the afternoon, but it makes sense. The the uh, how it happened. With, with getting a new athletic director and like uh, Marcelo said, letting him start with a clean slate and not do this whole dance where, oh, we're going to evaluate the football position, you know, the, the football staff and everything, and then go into the end of the year. You know, if, if you're ready to make the change, make the change. Maybe see if some of this interim football coach magic that uh, that Justin Ferguson talked about could happen. And then, you know, at the end of the year, you go and you get uh, a you get the head coach that you're looking for. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know who I who I me personally would want. If you to- gave me the list that is out there right now that's circulating, probably the number one choice would be Lane Kiffin. I'm not a hundred percent sold on that though. You could you know you can argue and convince me of someone else right now. I still haven't done my full you know a full evaluation looking at it. But if you told me, hey, this list that is circulating out there pick a name i'd pick lane kiffin maybe but it you know it's a long way to go you're not going to find out until much later in in this month uh, who the head coach is going to be taylor twelman is doing sports center right now oh is he did you know okay i didn't know i didn't know know he did that i didn't that's that's why i was freaking out but you didn't have to say that but i I can't tell he was interviewing heather dinich because of course we got the college football playoff rankings being released the first time tonight but i was just i just i just know taylor twelman from soccer and i just didn't think that they just he could he did he did sports center he's doing sports center three three four eight eight seven thirty four oh one or toll free at one triple eight nine tanger nine we go to the phone lines chris from valley is on the line hey chris what's going on guys what's up chris nothing much just on the way home from work so i'm gonna you know i didn't call in the the phone lines was hot yesterday so I, i waited till today to call in but uh I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. I, I don't think I don't think Dion nor nor Lane are coming to Auburn. I, I don't think we're getting either of them. Um, everybody's throwing Lane's name out there, but Lane's season is far from over. Uh, you know, and me and JJ kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, Ole Miss is not out of the the picture running for the SEC title. Um, what's to say he beats Alabama? They they beat and win. I mean, this is a what if. This is a very far fetched what if. But what if what if they do make a run to the college football playoff? I mean, you know, it's a big what if, but I just I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know if you intrigue Lane that much to come to Auburn where we have seen and you know, I'm I'm a big Auburn fan, but where we have seen, you know, the coach not necessarily I, I mean, just some influential, that's all I'm gonna say. But I, I just don't I, I think it's gonna be off I don't think it'll be necessarily off the wall. A higher. This is just my thoughts. I, I just don't see Lane or Dion coming 
to Auburn. I just I, I can't do that. Yeah, we we had mentioned that angle a little bit earlier in the program today, and that was a big talking point at the water cooler for us today in the office as well. Is wait a minute, Ole Miss is pretty good this season. Like, what what if this team continues to do amazing things? Does Lane Kiffin really want to uh, to leave the program? I would go back. Uh, I really like what what Ferguson pointed out in his conversation, and and kind of what Brandon Marcello said as well uh, in terms of security that one could have at Auburn, given that uh, there is that rule in Mississippi that state employees can't have longer than four-year contracts comes to mind, which is a good reason why John Cohen also uh, made the move over to Auburn. Maybe that's in the back of someone's mind if you are somebody like Lane Kiffin, if security were to become an ever a concern. I don't know necessarily that it would be, but you're right, Chris. I do think that we have to wait and see how this year plays out for Ole Miss for sure. And and I, job security is a big thing for me. I mean, for coaches, you know, it, it, I mean, when you choose this profession, uh, you, you, you know, know what you're, you're signing up for. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly what you're signing up for. But at the same time, you got to look at Tizic, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, two year. What was it? Two? I think it's two years after winning the national title, and you're out the door. So I mean, it it's just it's one of those things, you know, to me, anyways. But I want to bring up another thing. If Tennessee were to lose to Georgia this weekend and tight, I'm talking tight, closed game. Okay. Could Tennessee make the playoffs? And I think they could. I really do. I think, I think honestly, might be in Tennessee's best interest. Uh, nah, it's not going to be because you, you, you want to win every game. But, Never put it up to chance, yeah. But go ahead. You no, know, but I, I really think Tennessee's got a good shot, even if they lose and win out. I think Tennessee's still got a good shot to get in. What do you guys think? What do you think, Brooks? I, I think you've got the potential there. You you would have to have in that situation. You would have to have you, one, like you said, they would have to. Tennessee would have to lo- win out, and then which means Georgia's going to the SEC championship. Which means, yeah, Georgia's in the SEC championship, and you would also have to have Georgia beat Alabama in that SEC championship because if you have a one loss Alabama SEC champion and a one loss Georgia. And that uh, that was the runner-up. Georgia has the tie, would you know in, in theory have the quote-unquote tiebreaker if the, the committee is looking at that over Tennessee, and then it would be Alabama and Georgia back in. But you would have it would have to have Alabama with the second loss because if Alabama gets into that SEC championship game and wins it, or and and they've won out the rest of their way. I, I would have a hard press to th- say you're going to take a, a Tennessee team that did not even play in your championship game over two teams that also have won losses that were did play in the championship game. I agree, 100%. 100% agree. I think it also, you know, we're looking at Ohio State. Ohio State or Michigan, one of those two, they went out, uh, I mean, get, get to the final game, last game of the season for them, they play each other. So that's not really – I mean, winner, winner's probably getting in from there. Yeah. And then what does what does Clemson do the rest of the season? Um, and I think I think their chances of winning out is pretty pretty well, unless they pretty much just slip up. So um, it was good talking to you guys. I just wanted to get a call in this week, and uh, I really do. I appreciate you guys again. Enjoy listening to you, and I appreciate you guys talking, taking my call. Always, thanks, Chris. That's our pal Chris from Valley joining us there on the program. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. We go back to the phone lines right now, and joining us here on the show, we've got Michael from Auburn. Michael has called into Sports Call. Hey, Michael. Hey guys. Uh, the current. Uh, athletic director that was just hired. Yes. Um, from my understanding, just another kind of 
you know, tidbit or, or how it plays in, but when he was at Mississippi State, like, and, and the stuff was going down um, with Hugh Freeze and some different things, and, and so I think that kind of takes his name off the table in, the, in regards to how everything and his mindset, I, I just think that that probably takes his name off the table for him on their initial search. And also the time that he was there, I think him and Kiffin, um, you know, with him being an AD and just some rubbing back and forth with with, with some of that, I'm curious of how that plays into it um, in, in, in that name search there. In terms of John Cohen and how his relationship with Lane Kiffin from being at Mississippi schools could be impacted by this? Well, there were some issues as, as far as the recruiting and, and, and different things. I know for a fact with, with the Hugh Freeze situation, like I know during that time and who, were, who reported and self-violations and then when everything went down with Hugh Freeze and they tried to get Mississippi State and point to that, uh, I, I, from, I've heard conversations in that, that 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 was all tied kind of the, the back and forth of, of Cohen, you know, not really being too happy with that situation or, or them trying to – you know, and then with the whole thing with Auburn, uh, wasn't he the AD uh, when when Dan Mullen was there and uh, Cam went on the recruiting trip? He would have been bag he, money. He would have been the baseball coach at that time okay. for, for okay. Mississippi State, but not the athletic director. Yeah, it'll be interesting to me to see how things tie you know tie in. What is uh, Dion? What is his like post postseason? What does that look like for for that division, and what you know time frame on how many games he's got left, and where if Auburn made a decision with Dion, like what is the time frame there? Because I know Ole Miss is probably at least minimum. I think looking at a, a, a New Year's Bowl, yeah. I would think. Good question, Jackson State. Do you guys know? I, I'm not sure. I don't think we were. Me and Ryan were talking yeah. about this yesterday. I don't think they play in the FCS playoffs, but they do have that Celebration Bowl. So the SWAC is one of three conferences, the others being the Ivy League and Mid-Eastern Athletic, which is the MEAC, that does not automatically participate in the FCS playoffs but can be invited via an at-large invitation, as was the case in 2021 when SWAC member Florida A&M was invited over. So uh, they can, and I would assume Jackson State would, since they are in the top ten right now, um, so they they just they don't automatically qualify. They they're the only conferences those HBCUs that don't automatically qualify. But I I would I could not fathom number I think Jackson State's number six in the FCS could not fathom them being in it. So their timeline is going to be pretty similar to the FBS. I think they've got like three regular season games left, maybe two. I'm trying to base this off of Campbell and our Campbell-Campbell updates, but I think they've got two or three regular season weeks left. Traditionally, these SWAC teams, the winner of the SWAC and the winner of MEAC, since they don't make um, the FCS playoffs, they usually play in the Celebration Bowl, uh, which is usually like mid-December, I want to say. It, it's usually the first week in a bowl season. Yeah, like so, it's the yeah. first thing that happens. So 12th or 14th and, or something. So at the very minimum, they've got a couple uh, – they're, they're going to be very similar timeline to the FBS. And you know what's interesting is what you know. You said that Florida A&M got invited last year in 2021. They were not the SWAC champions last year. Right. Jackson State was the SWAC champions, and they went to the Celebration Bowl. So it might be up to Jackson yeah. State. I mean, they might, they might decline the invitation and go back to the uh, – to the celebration bowl. I don't know. 
It'll be interesting. And I'll leave you all with these last two things. If we did go with Dion, I would think he would bring his son. So I'm curious of what that does to our quarterback room. Uh, because he's, he's a pretty decent recruit. Uh, you know, he's not just no doubt. Dion's son. And then I'll leave you with one other thing is, is, if Cohen goes back to some of the roots and some of his ties there, Manny Diaz wouldn't be a bad choice for a defensive coordinator, in my opinion. He's not a great head coach, but, but the, the guy's a pretty good coordinator, I would think. And yeah. so if we're circling back just with his ties, you know, he, he runs a great cover too that Auburn's always had problems with. Um, I forget where he is now. He's I think at Penn he's State. SEC, or Penn State. Yeah, he so was at during here earlier in the season. So it, it'll be curious to see, you know, if 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 you know if, where the coordinators go and and what they do. But um, I, I thought he was always a good defense coordinator in the SEC. Thanks, guys. Absolutely, Michael. We appreciate the call. That's uh, Michael from Auburn joining us there on the program. Uh, Shadur Sanders, his son, very talented. Uh, quarterback there and yeah you would think that uh, he would also come with his father to play football at Auburn should that be the case Uh, Auburn already has the biggest question marks guys regarding their quarterback position for next year when you've got Zach Calzada coming back from this injury TJ Finley currently out and injured holding Gardner uh, is a true freshman and then I haven't even mentioned Robbie Ashford who's had the most playing time this season for Auburn football. There is not currently a high school quarterback in the recruiting class, which when we talked with Keith Niebuhr last week on the program, big red flag for any recruiting class that you don't have a quarterback in the mix in that class. But nonetheless, still a really crowded quarterback room for the Tigers looking into 2023. Yeah, and I I don't see why you wouldn't want a portal guy, um, to be quite frank. Um I think I think Auburn's going to have to go to the portal. TJ Finley just does not do it for me personally. I don't think he does it for most people. Um, Robbie Ashford, I think there's glimpses there, but there's a lot of development with Ashford. I think he has maybe a better starting point because he can run so well, and he has made a few really good throws down the field throughout the course of the year. His deep ball isn't bad but just reading defenses willingness to stay in the pocket uh, those things are just so far behind and granted look again it's it's been tough to evaluate because the offensive line has been so bad and some of that stuff has been such a problem but i just don't see how you would be too excited to go into next year with Ashford, Finley, and Calzada. It, the same guys you had this year. I just I just don't see how uh, you'd be excited by that. And, you know, it just depends on who the coach is. If, if it is someone like Kiffin, they would probably have a decent chance of getting another portal quarterback in there. And, again, I'm not trying to put everything on quarterback play here because everyone understands how bad the offensive line is. But – I still don't know if I see everything I need to see from Robbie Asher or TJ Finley to say, oh, yeah, Auburn doesn't need to bring anyone else in. I I, I just don't think that's the case. We'll see what that room looks like next year in 2023. But, uh, oh, yeah, there's still four games left to be played for Auburn here this season. Cadillac Williams, the interim head coach for the Auburn Tigers. We've got to take a quick commercial break. Keith from Auburn is waiting on the line. We'll be back and talking with Keith after this 90-second timeout here on Sports Call. 
All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooke Childress. As, um, man, we have fun on this radio show. That's and off sure. of it, too. And, and off the radio program as well. Uh, we have got Auburn basketball tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, that's happening. Auburn Tigers basketball in an exhibition game. Auburn University women's basketball on Thursday against Tuskegee. We'll actually have a radio broadcast for that women's game on FM Talk 93.9. And then uh, football on Saturday. Auburn versus Mississippi State. Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach, but everybody wants to know who's going to be the full-time head coach moving forward. And as Brandon Marcella told us in hour number one, be patient. Uh, it's probably not coming until the end of the season. Don't so we got to wait. Don't forget, we got Friday night football as well this week. Uh, we do indeed have Friday night football. Playoff time! That's right. AHSAA, high school state playoffs, Borgard taking on Marbury, and you can listen to that here on Tiger 95.9 FM. To the phone lines we go, 334-887-3401, or toll free at one 888 9 Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into Sports Call. Hey, Keith. Hey, you guys. Thank you for taking my phone call. Certainly. Hey, uh, quick question on Deion Sanders. Let's break down his coaching career right now. Uh, how long has he been at Jackson State? This is his third year. Okay, where was he at before he was at Jackson State? TV. Where? On TV. Television. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's a little scary. Now, granted, what he's done at Jackson State is uh, is, is a, been a, a great job. I, I, I don't. I don't argue that fact, um, but he he's brought in great talent there, or, 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 you know, for the most part. But the the teams that they're playing are, are less inferior. I guess that's the word than Jackson State. I mean, Jackson State has the best talent in that HBSC or whatever it's called. Would y'all agree on that? Yeah, I mean, he's done a good job of getting that talent there. I mean, if you look a few years back, I would, you know, you would say that Jackson State's talent level was on the same as the uh, as the rest of the SWAC schools at the division they play in. But yeah. since he's gotten there, you've seen him pull a few big time recruits, and he pulled what was it, the number one overall recruit in the country yeah. a few years ago. Yep, he did, uh, and and you know that's to be com- commended. Um, let me ask y'all this. Uh, Yeah, my biggest question or concern I would have with him is his coaching experience. And I think somebody on the show I listened yesterday brought the fact up. You know, if you're 
if you can recruit and bring in that talent. But you're not playing against Grambling States anymore. You're playing against the likes of Tennessee and Georgia and Ole Miss and Alabama. That talent level, it, you know, is, is, is up there. No denying so that, yeah. He, how does he do against – because at some point, coaching experience or ability has to come into play. You know, the hype and what he does, I think, would really be good for Auburn. But my question is, I guess, with where Auburn's at right now from a football standpoint, and I think I heard on the show earlier that this is probably the the lowest the football program's been in, (coughs) excuse me, probably in, you know, a good long time. Um, I don't know if if I'm – I'd be ready to put all my eggs in the basket of Dion with with three years of coaching experience on the HSBC or whatever that conference is called, the SWAC, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, guys. What do y'all? What do you think about that? And I want to hear your comment. And then I got a name of a coach that I'm going to throw out there that could be a candidate. Throw it to me. I'm ready for the name. Okay. He's won at least two national championships, maybe three, and he's coached in the SEC. Okay. And I'm currently coaching right now. Two national championships. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah. He's going to coach again, and and you know in the in college on that rank. Now, you know, a couple of things can happen if you hired the guy. He's he's proven he can win. Everywhere he's been on the on the college level, he won at Utah, he won at Florida, and he won at Ohio State. Right. So, and he's won a national championship. <coughs> Excuse me. If you know when he was at, at, at Florida, he might have won two. I can't remember. He's got three total: two yeah, at Florida and one won, at Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, he won two at Florida and one at Ohio State. And I know, you know, that whole shebang debacle over what happened down in Jacksonville and all that stuff. But he's a college football coach. He's not a pro coach, just like Nick Saban's not a pro coach. He's a college football coach. But, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, the ordeal that he had go on up there at Ohio State, you know, I guess protecting one of his assistant coaches or whatever. Yeah. But I also believe it's just like with Hugh Freeze. I believe everybody deserves a second chance. I would agree. Uh, but that's just a name I, I, I thought of that uh, knows the, the lay in the land of the SEC and has been successful there. Um, I, you know, I think Lane Kiffin is probably the number one choice, but um, but I, I'm just got I'm just hesitant a little bit about Dion because of the coaching experience. Um, and, and then again, you know, talent. Outweighs, you know, if you got great talent, it 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 makes a coach look good. And if you can surround yourself with very good assistant coaches, you can be successful. You know, but I'm just not sure Cohen would take that chance of bringing in Dion with only three years of head coaching experience at the SWAC level or whatever. But I don't know, guys. That's just my thought. Of. They'll probably name him in three weeks the head coach and. Uh, you know, everything will be Katie bar the door. Prime so I time. Bring that up about Urban. Uh, 
I think he'll coach again. I think he wants. Uh, I think he wants to coach again. I think he would probably be interested in the Auburn job. Uh, but you know, you hadn't. I hadn't heard his name surfaced at all. So I, I guess he's probably, you know, sealed the doom on on his coaching in the SEC or with Ohio State for what took place. But anyway, guys, I, I appreciate you taking my phone call. And uh, y'all keep up the great work. I always enjoy listening to you Thank guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, is, is the, is the uh, World Series canceled tonight? <laughs> it's back. It, it seems like we've got good weather conditions uh, oh. there in Philadelphia. So, yeah, they will play. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't know why it was canceled. But anyway. Rain out yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you again for taking my phone call. All right, that's our pal Keith joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401 if you'd like to call in. Urban Meyer's name has not really come up at all uh, in these coaching searches. He was on, there was someone posted a list and he was on one of the betting favorites. I think it was not betting favorites. He was a 25 to 1 on the the list. Yeah. Look, it's just because of the person. Yep. You know, I mean, there's no questioning Urban Meyer, the college football coach. He's... When he was out there, he was a top three coach in the country. You know, I mean, and and really because he was out of there before Dabo had several years at Clemson, I think you would have called Urban the second best coach in the country behind Saban. So there, there's no doubting that. But I just don't think Auburn is going to be interested in the human being of Urban Meyer. Um, similar to what if, if people believe they won't be interested in Hugh Freeze, it would be because of the human being, human uh, Hugh Freeze. So... Look, I'm, I I can very easily forgive, but I'm just I'm telling you that you know Some I just I just much. don't think Auburn are going uh, is going to care for for Urban Meyer the person, and I don't think a lot of fans would either. A timeout we must take, and we're going to do that here on Sports Call Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy here on this Tuesday. Brooks, can you believe that it's already November? No, actually. I was I didn't even think about it. You know, it, it's November 1st. Yeah. I Go ahead, know, say you, it. I, I got in the car this morning. Okay. I'm not going to call out what uh, where I heard it. Okay. I turn on the radio. Right. You know what the first thing I hear is? What's that? Elvis Blue Christmas. November 1st, I heard Blue Christmas playing on the radio. Not a fan? Not a fan. Yeah. Do you like Christmas music? I love Christmas music. The day after Thanksgiving, I am all in on Christmas music. What about you? Are you a a Christmas music guy, Ryan? Eh, not really. I really am Um, not either. I'll, I'll definitely do it all on Christmas Day and maybe Christmas Eve, but I'm... 
I, I don't need no build up to it. I, I, yeah, before 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 Thanksgiving is absolutely egregious. Right. That should never happen. <laughs> uh, after Thanksgiving, it start. It's fair. But it's, I still won't listen to it until it's like Christmas Eve. I would be in on Christmas music after Christmas Day, too, because technically the Christmas go season days, yeah. goes, a, goes a little bit longer. But everyone cuts it off the day after Christmas. It starts egregiously early. And then the day after Christmas, boom, What what is Christmas music? Here's, is there New Year's music <laughs> to replace it? <laughs> Just party music. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's November 1st. That's where I heard you're a Christmas at. song. I yeah. just no, no. Give me, give me Thanksgiving. Give me football on Thanksgiving. I'm ready. And go from there. Yeah, food. Pretty awesome stuff. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine if you'd like to call in and be a part of the show. All right, uh, let's let's uh, do this, Brooks. Our show is almost over, and so as the show ends each and every day, do you know what we do? Uh, I've heard tell, but I'm not sure. What'd you say? I said, I've heard tell of what we do, but not sure. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. What do you think? I'm ready. All right. It's our Nightly TV Guide. I need to tell you something. All right. It's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Okay. I'm a big variety pack fan. You are? Yeah, because I don't like read. I'm just like, you want. You don't want to have the same thing every single time. Right. Gotta have options. And still have the same vibes. Yeah. Great vibes. Great vibes. What's on TV? Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Let's ride. <laughs> Movie picks for you this night. <laughs> 602 on Stars Encore. That was a good laugh from him. Uh, I caught him off guard. I know. <laughs> uh, Men in Black International, 602 on Stars Encore tonight. Chris Hemsworth is the uh, stars in it, as well as uh, Liam Neeson is one of the stars of this rendition of Men in Black. Uh, yeah, kind of a, not really a Halloween pick, cause it, but it, it is got a sci-fi, a little bit of you know sci-fi horror stuff in it, if you're into that, day after Halloween. Uh, also, movie pick for you this evening, 635 on FXM, starring Ryan Reynolds. It's Deadpool. You may not want to watch it on TV because, you know, it maybe It loses some of the... Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you want the kids to have a, you know, look at Deadpool, maybe this is where the version you show them. <laughs> or you don't get all the, you know, every one bit of the gore and everything. But, yeah, those are your two movie picks for the evening. Sports picks for you tonight. Starting at 6 o'clock over on ESPNU. Maction is back! That's the greatest part of November, actually, isn't it? Maction is back. Ball State takes on Kent State. And then at 6.30 on ESPN2, you've got Buffalo taking on Ohio. NBA action for United at 6.30 on TNT. Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets, who don't have a head basketball coach. And then at 9 o'clock, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Phoenix Suns. Also, hockey action, 7 o'clock ESPN, the Bruins and the Penguins, followed up by the Ducks and the Sharks. And then, of course, Game 3 of the World Series tonight on Fox, 7 o'clock, Astros, Phillies. There you cool. have it. Yeah, Brant's a Ducks fan, so he we'll is. get a full breakdown of that wait. game later in the week. That's Can't awesome. Wait. On national TV. Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw. Thank you, Brooks. Absolutely. I love you, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. I love you, man. Love you too, JJ. Hope you have a great evening. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Happy birthday to former Sports Call host Christian Page. Got to give him some love on the program today. That does it for today's show. Thank you, and good day. Good day.